what is the percent chance that aliens have already found out about Earth and who we are? I'm not authorized to come. You are authorized. <laughs> no, we're talking about Jared, fist, Okay, all right, all right. Fist fight, here we go. Fist fight him. Here we go. Okay. So, first of all. What's up, guys? And welcome to episode 126 of Dropouts. This week, we have Neil deGrasse Tyson. A lot of people admire you for your work, but, um, you know, I've got, I've got some beef with you. And that, really? Yeah. That means you're not vegetarian. No, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that is very true. Yeah, but James, I have some celery with you. I, you know? I have <laughs> an exponential amount of celery with you. I mean, growing up, you, yeah. you've spoken about this. Wait, did too. you give me a beer here? Like, Oh, we're getting after it today. Man. Okay. Oh, yeah. Feel free to shotgun. <laughs> yeah. This is this is a party. It's 845 in the morning. We're getting crazy. We got this. The, okay. wife's, the wife's not here. No. Um, but what's, okay, Pluto was very, it meant a lot to me. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I. You're gonna start with Pluto. We got the whole universe. It just no, it meant a lot. To, okay, but it's close to me. All right, just like my family's close to me, Pluto was close to me. Can you allow me to feel something for once? Okay, I think you are caught in the Pluto debacle. Whatever your age is, you you were you were sensitive at that time. Very feel, sensitive. Well, no, I, I I wouldn't bring it up if Jared told me you're one of the main reasons it was taken away. No, I was an accessory. To its demotion. Oh yeah, well, okay. I'd say the same thing if I wasn't you know, getting, getting grilled right now. In the court of law, I was an accessory. To, uh, right. Yeah, I definitely drove the getaway car, but I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger um, on this one. Okay, just to be clear, there are people who were born much later who learned from scratch that Pluto is not a planet. The people who were born much earlier just really didn't didn't care. And there's a there's a so whatever you're generational yeah, welcome. moment is <laughs> you had invested some energy memorizing the nine planets and then the hammer drops not only now did you I have to unlearn it and you pro you're probably in my file cabinet among elementary school kids who wrote me hate mail <laughs> no I, I wrote you one last week okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right hit some intro music you won't be able to hear this but there just no intro music is playing okay Oh man, I got hold on. I got to stifle down my your emotions. You're getting too heated too early. No, I got to take a cosmic view on this. You know, yeah, my anger exactly. doesn't matter in this situation. The uh, author is Starry Messenger. Uh, we've read it and we had a good time. And we're so thankful you sent two copies because our dog ate, ate one of them yeah. immediately and then dragged it through his own feces. <laughs> is that true? Yes. Yeah. He, okay. He I was not thrilled. I had some early tweets on this book. Uh, my, I have dogs like my book. Well, my dog loves the taste. Just search, search dog and starry messenger, and you'll see a whole series of photos of dogs reading my book. Really, that's my king. Yeah, so those are the those are the those are the the literate dogs. But apparently, yours is just a, a chew dog. He's eight months, so he's oh, still, oh no, no, that's you can't blame a puppy. He's, oh, come he's on, he's learning to read. But it's a right? puppy exactly. learning to read. All right, he's trying his best out here. <laughs> okay, um, so so I'm glad you did have two books because otherwise you'd have to say I was going to read the book, but my dog ate the homework, and well, that would have been, been true. It yeah. would have been true for the first time in history in, ever in in the history. Of Jared history. read it, but me personally, I I put on your voice and audio, and I fell asleep to you last night. You know, people say that, and and they mean it as a compliment. But Your I'm an educator. Must, you take it out. I, 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 I kind of want you to like be awake when I was, I'm talking. Yeah, no, 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 no. I didn't fall asleep. Like I listened to it, and then it, like it just put me in the perfect cosmic view of. I was like, this sleep. I don't need to stay up for hours because, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. So I might as well fall asleep. Oh, I see. Oh, because yeah. I, I voiced my own uh, oh, audio book. It was yeah. it was it was silky yeah. smooth. 
And oh, I, yeah. I see why your wife stays with you. <laughs> and it all makes sense. You know, you can oh, probably, yeah. yeah, you're throwing it down. Well, like, we don't have to get into it's it. It's like if Kenny G was an astrophysicist. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, we, we do want to leave it open to. Wait, who of your audience knows who Kenny G is? The, uh, that's me, just, just, just me. Yeah, just yeah. Your, let's just yeah. be clear about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then and then you. So hopefully you listen because that's the demographic right now. Yeah. No. I I I'm I try to stay plugged in. Yeah. So with you, not only to the universe, but to life on Earth. Why is everything a movie? Like I know it literally. <laughs> everything's just, a trailer. Now, now I just hear like the Christopher Nolan like. Bwah, you know. <laughs> I feel I feel like he's the guy that does all the movie intros. He just doesn't want anybody to know that's a side gig. Exactly. In a world. <laughs> right. In there. a world. By the way, I'm, I, I like your Iron Man helmet there. Did Did you rip it off his head or something? Like it looks like scary authentic. Yeah, we had uh, Robert Downey Jr. right before you, and she he left that for us. And his head is not in that. It, well, he, it was not for, for a lack of trying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're big on beheading, obviously. Okay, right, right. Yeah. right sorry, I'm just distracted by your your, your setup here. It's very beautiful. Yeah, oh, can you thank do it? you. Yeah, I mean, it, you're having a very grounded view right now. We need the cosmic view. Okay, right? sure, and sure. You, you you know, first off, cosmic view. Did you know that across America? Well, I'm going to speak on my youth. I assume it's still true. If there's ever a substitute in science class, they put on the cosmos. Oh, I mean, it's not even a debate. Oh. It's like, here's the most science we can plug in you. I don't want to do anything. So, the, yeah, the incompetent substitute teacher. Yeah, but right. we, I think we learned more from you than we ever did the substitute teacher. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. And that's a huge collaboration, Cosmos. It has the uh, uh, the widow of Carl Sagan is the oh, wow. is a, is a strong creative force behind that. And it's you know when you think of Cosmos, it you don't even think you're watching a documentary. No. no, even though that this, there's got to be some other word for it, because it's document. Okay, I got to sit through this, and I'm going to learn. At Cosmos, you're on a journey, and you come back, and you you feel why science matters to you. Mm -hmm. It's an immersive informational journey. There you go. I mean, I coin it, huh? It's, <laughs> it's a little wordy than document. Jerry, stay out of this, man. <laughs> I'm trying to get a, a book deal done. <laughs> All right, buddy. Um, okay, Miss, Mr. Neal, we, we do have a, a, a lot of questions for you, but okay. we do want- By the way, are any of you actual dropouts? I just wonder. Uh, me. He yeah, finished college in two years. I did. Okay. Um, and um, it's is that because they kicked you out in two years or because you- No, it was a media degree. Okay, so all right. They're like, we've got nothing else I've, to teach yeah, you, honestly. Through uh -huh. They're like, oh, um, you watched YouTube tutorials? You're good. You know who else was like not entirely perfectly educated? Jared, who? Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> no who else? <laughs> Um, James Cameron. Okay. Really? Yeah, he like barely went to college. And he went to community college, but he liked technology, so he took some tech courses. And he's got three or four of the highest grossing films of all time. And he's oh, trailblazing. No, like, Jared. No, what? he's paying him obviously because Avatar Two is about to come out. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got a little dust up. I had a, I put in a picture of two of the Avatar characters, and I said, "Blue lives matter." <laughs> oh. <laughs> That I, one, people didn't quite know. Wait, where's he going with that? What's he trying to say? No, I, I, is he? You, you, you enjoy a little flame on Twitter. No, it, not on purpose. I'm just trying definitely to definitely on purpose. I'm just trying to expose. You're telling me you're such a deep thinker. You don't roll out a tweet and be like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Like that's gonna roll. <laughs> Heads are gonna roll over this one uh -huh. because I, I, I know obviously from reading your book, you have a cosmic view where it's like. Okay, this this tweet this tweet's gonna cause some drama, but it doesn't really matter. Well, because yeah, exactly. I have I there there I have tweets that are still in the forbidden Twitter file that I'm not gonna post because 
because in do you want to let them? You want to let the people know what they are here? Yeah, give the, give us the exclusive. Oh no, you want you want one want, of the first, I want one look. of the tweets I've yet to post. Okay, okay. By the way, the book is just an attempt to get people to think straight. Yeah, about even their own opinions. Yeah, I'm not handing you an opinion. I'm just saying you think this. Have you looked at it this way? Exactly. Okay. From the left, the right, below, above, from high above, and if you do, you likely. Uh, either add nuance to your opinion or realize you didn't have an opinion to begin with. So that's what's going on here. Wow. So as an example, so and the forbidden Twitter file, it's it would needlessly create turmoil. And and as an educator, educator, that's, that's what not, we like. That's no, we no, like. no, 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 no. Because then people fight, and I don't, I don't know. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, here it is. You ready? Yes. Okay. Ben and Jerry's. Oh. They make ice cream. Uh huh. Yes. All right. Uh, they got in trouble one day because someone found trace amounts of glyphosate in their ice cream, like parts per billion. Okay. 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 What is glyphosate? I have no it idea. is an herbicide manufactured by Monsanto, which is a chemical agriculture company. There are people who wanted to like boycott Ben and Jerry's. And so they did the right business thing. They said, okay, we will remove we, forever. We will never do this again. Okay. Do you realize there's something called an LD50? It's a lethal dose 50. Everything has a LD50, everything. It's the amount of this substance you would have to ingest for half of the people to die who ingest it. Water has an LD50. Uh, sucrose, regular sugar, has an LD50. The smaller the LD50, the more lethal the substance is. That would make sense. Yeah, like cyanide. I'm exactly. pretty sure it has a very okay. small LD50. Okay, the lethal dose is okay. this much will kill half the people who do it. All right. Uh, the LD50 for glyphosate is slightly worse than your LD50 for salt. I feel like not that. Not, not, not that. Yeah, right. So it's that's, I'd roll the dice on that's that. The yeah. That's the zone in there. Okay. Okay. To die from... The trace amounts of glyphosate, you'd have to consume 30 million pints. <laughs> okay, we're halfway of there. the ice cream. However, 30 pints, you'll die from the sucrose. <laughs> okay, so you a lethal dose of just the sugar, the natural sugar. It will kill you long before the rapture. And so so this, I think, is would be too weirdly upsetting to people. I mean I feel like that would be a wake up call. No, I just think if you're if you're down in what is it? You said thirty pints. Yeah, it's around there. It's might might be twenty, but what, it's, it's in point, the tens. At what point yeah. are we going back to natural selection? Because after fifteen <laughs> oh! <laughs> at, at fifteen, you gotta be like, I've eaten too much ice cream. And if you're eating too much, you just I mean, you gotta you gotta take a they take a train out of this planet. Well, it's just how balanced is your assessments of the risks you're taking exactly. in the world? Are you someone who don't who doesn't buckle in your kids in the in the seat in the car? Well, Jared's it, parents were because they didn't love him. <laughs> okay, that's why. And then they go to the mall and they say, "Stay close to me. I don't want any, you you to get abducted by anyone." Yeah, okay? yeah. Stay. Don't don't run. If you really, really, you're like you're more worried that someone wants to steal your kid in the suburban mall than you are about their, their, their likelihood of surviving a car crash. And, and when I, we, we had kids, I'm very, we're data driven. Okay. My wife has a PhD in mathematical physics. We're data driven. When we yeah. had kids, I looked at the list causes of death 
of children at different ages, and it's not the same at each age, okay? okay? I looked at the cause of death, okay, I will put in the protections in my household at each of these ages for these kids. Yeah. I, because well, we have data, we have statistics. What was the scariest one for you? The biggest precaution that you took? To, uh, well, there's how many kids die in suburban swimming pools. Now we live oh. in the city, so this yeah. was not a issue, but that was scary. That was scary. And another one is, you know, kids like sticking things in wall sockets. I was going to so say that. that. And that you don't always die from that, but yeah. you learn fast. <laughs> you learn pretty I, quick. I've done it before. You know? <laughs> and then I did it again because I think I liked it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a thing. That could be a thing. Um, Anyhow, that's an example of a forbidden tweet. I just, I'm, I, I just try to come at it other ways. That's all. Well, I thought it was going to be something like... Um, I met with God, and Elon is actually his son. <laughs> Mr. Tyson, I don't know. If he's the second coming of Christ. I don't know about all that. Uh, did you want to bring up your, your Spider-Man one first? My, my Spider-Man one? Well, you, you, you wanted to get into the multiverse. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, there's, there's so much that uh, I want to Just to be clear, Spider-Man is not making the multiverse. No, no, no. Okay? No. Yeah. He, he, doesn't, he has no such powers. No, 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 no. Disney is. <laughs> Trust me, they've got the money. <laughs> they, they have the resources. No, just yeah. give, give Dr. Strange some, 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 credit. some credit there. Oh, I had another tweet. Oh. Can I toss yes. this one out there? Yeah, please. please. Okay. It's a stupid tweet. I, I post stupid tweets. And some people don't appreciate... The nuance. The, the, the nuance of the stupidity. Yeah. Okay. So I, I put two pictures, one of the sparkly portal that Dr. Strange opens, uh -huh. uh, okay, and the green portal that Rick opens in Rick and Morty, okay. okay? And I said, both Dr. Strange and Rick and Morty have access to the multiverse, but Rick uses real science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm on yeah. board with that. Yes, yeah, what I'm right? saying. It's real science. This this magic stuff. You know, I don't. Wait, would you say that's your favorite show, Rick and Morty? Yeah, I'm behind. Unfortunately, I'm. A, I'm. A, it's six seasons. Have you done a cameo yet? No, and I'm a little. Oh, I've been what on the, the hell? Simpsons. I've been on Family Guy. If you want to look into that camera straight down the barrel and kind of call him out, Rick and Morty. Give me a call. <laughs> I, 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 find me. They're down I'm there for you. No, They're not, down not the as, street. Not as much desperate. We'll give you some. What is it? L50? What is it? No, LD50. We'll put some LD50 in your coffee. No, no, huh? I, no, I don't seek this stuff out. Only if they feel it and they want me. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm always there for artists, capital A, so you can be script writers, designers. If you, if you want me to infuse a little bit of science, I'm there for you. Now, they don't need that, of course, because the whole show is science. And, yeah. and they, so, but other shows where you wouldn't think science would be. Mm -hmm. For example, I have a cameo in Ice Age 5. Oh. I bet you didn't know there were four, there were that many Ice Ages. I, I stopped after three. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. I'm going, I'm, now I'm going back to five. Yeah, yeah. Ice Age 5. I'm inside the head of Buck Weasel. Now, why am I there? Because they discovered an asteroid is going to come and kill them all. And they want to figure out a way to deflect it. And Buck Weasel ha has ways of figuring things out. So I'm inside his head, and I'm Neil DeBuck Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> in a they, brief they, they always play play off your name. And yeah, I they, love they it. do. They, they, and, and so it's and and also, I don't mean to brag. No, please do. But I had a cameo in Sharknado Six. That oh, whole. You do know, you, I, do you I, only do? You know, I think. I think I, I, that. The Academy overlooked my performance. Do you only year, do I installments think. of like, okay, I did five, now I have to do the sixth of some movie. <laughs> and the seventh now of another. Now the seventh of- No, of no, it's just they, I, I played, oh, so Sharknado 6, the the shark tornado, the Sharknado opened a portal through the space-time continuum. 
and went back to medieval times. Of course And in so doing, there was a crossbreeding of shark DNA with dragon DNA. Uh-huh. So there's a shark dragon NATO. Of course. I mean, and I shark. play, briefly, I play Merlin doing science, but people think it's magic. I said, I'm in. Oh, wow. Count me in. I uh, one, one thing I, I really wanted to bring up, just based on your book that really interests me, was people's predictions 100 years from now. So in the... Oh. Yeah, just just they sh- so they should look at other people's predictions and realize how futile this exercise is, and just give up, and just go out and have a beer. Yeah, no. <laughs> at the beginning, was it eighteen ninety nine or nineteen hundred? They started making the predictions of what two thousand will look like. Right. And if you kind of explain some things they couldn't look past and things of that nature, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, there was a guy who was head of the New York Central Railroad. We're riding high on transportation. In 1900, they had airships, railroads crossing the country. The Orient Express was crossing Europe. Yeah. They had uh, the bicycles. The modern bicycle had been perfected without that dangerous big wheel <laughs> up front. They, you just add it all up. The head of the New York Central Railroad, predicting the year 2000, said, we can scarcely imagine that the, the uh, advances in transportation in the 20th century will be as great as those were in the 19th. Wow. That's, there they, they is could no more me. boneheaded statement anyone could possibly ever make. Three years later, what happens? The, the Wright brothers. Right, the Wright brothers. brothers. All right. They and couldn't even think past steam. They couldn't. Right. Correct. Yeah. Correct. That's crazy. I, I Okay. So. I got it, another one? Another one? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I do it. It's in the chapter Exploration and Discovery. Yeah. And I'm just showing when you're on an exponential growth curve of anything, it looks like you're in special times. Yeah. But like. You're not because it's all special times, but we think linearly rather than exponentially. That's why we get it all wrong. You get the next couple of years right in your predictions, but 10, 20 years out, just go home. Yeah. Okay. So I got one. Ready? No. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future 2, 1989. Okay. okay. Do you remember what year that took place in? 2015. 2015. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, by the way, in one of my social media posts, I listed things they got right and they and and they got wrong. I, I, that was so. I remember everyone waiting for 2015. It was like October something 2015, and, and we're all looking. And we're like, oh, oh, no. there's no hoverboard, yeah, no flying cars, <laughs> yeah. or nothing. Okay. Uh, so, uh, in there, uh, he pisses off his boss and he gets fired. Mm-hmm. All right. Now this is 2015 relative to 20 uh, to, to 1989. Okay, I remember 1989. If you had a fax machine, you were badass. Okay. <laughs> and were you? Okay, I was both. I had the fax machine and badass. Hell right, yeah. right. <laughs> no, I, mean, yeah. I was wondering why your wife got with you, and now it makes sense. You know? In fact, we married in 1988, so I that mean, would be a, a freak at printing out the sheets and in the sheets. <laughs> you know what it is. So, so here's the point. He gets fired, and this is the home of the future that he's living in. So he's duly notified by fax. But this is a home of the future. There are three fax machines. And they show you coming out of three different fax machines in his home. And so all they could think was that a modern home would have more fax machines than just one. And in 1993, AT&T had an ad campaign that was it was pretty successful. It said, you will. Uh-huh. So if you ever wanted to da-di-da-di-da about the future, you will, and AT&T will bring it to you. Well, one of them was something I've never wanted to do, never <laughs> did do, never will do, never dreamt of doing. They showed someone on a beach in a, in a chair and he had a tablet in 1993 and said, um, have you ever wanted to send a fax from the beach? <laughs> well, you will, AT&T will bring it to you. No. I, no. 
I'm on vacation. <laughs> I mean, even I don't even think I've ever seen a fax being sent through. No, I mean, I, I'm yeah. It's very, uh, it's very old. Yeah, no, it's the, a noisy machine. It makes this whistling sound, which is the you know. <laughs> it's just it's like it belongs in a museum. My point is, people linearly extrapolate. Yeah. I have this many now, I'll have a little bit more later, rather than something completely different out of left field that they cannot imagine. And yeah. what did any did AT&T get anything right in that campaign? They got a few things right. They got the, the tablet right, yeah. okay? Yeah. That your computer would just be like a thin sheet rather than a big thing on your desk. Uh, they also got right because uh, this was a linear extrapolation which worked that you would never stop for tolls anymore. You're here out in LA, you don't know what a toll is. So back east, you yeah. go through a booth and someone takes money from you to give you permission to continue driving on the road. <laughs> and it's always But like, you have to stop to do that when you were going 60 miles an hour. It's called a toll. Yeah. From the word troll, <laughs> who would stand by bridges and force you to pay to cross the bridge. That's where we get the word toll from, from trolls. Anyhow, <laughs> so now they're just electronic sensors. Yeah, uh, they just read the archways above plates. the car and they just. Because I, I think, you know, the automobile um, was a big red time, obviously the the plane and then how quickly it went into the first world war and then the second world war. And now it's able to carry nuclear warheads anywhere, um, not even being driven by a, well, or flown by a pilot. Yeah, correct. that was one of the most fascinating chapters when you were explaining the exponential growth of modern society. Yeah. And you were doing it so only in read 30. The, yeah. Read, read the oh, yeah, we're here. Yeah. What? I okay. asked, I asked the AT&T question. I already knew it. Oh. But no, the, they don't know. The, the people. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and you were only doing it in 30-year increments. Yes. Which was the most fascinating thing. 1870 because, to, to 1900. Yeah. 1900 to 1930. Like even even that, and then each time you were like, life in 1900 would not be, or life in 1930 would not be recognizable in 1900. You know, no one from 1900 would know what the hell was going on. Yeah, because what is that flying overhead? What is that thing? What, like you said, yeah, right. And and they and in 1900 there were no cars. Mm -hmm. In a 19th, everyone's using a horse. Yeah, we literally and figuratively built civilization on the backs of horses. For thousands of years. Yeah. Why would someone in 1900 think that in 1930 you couldn't give away a horse? <laughs> right? They would right. see these horse-drawn carriages without horses. That's how they would describe it, right? It, they yeah. would, it would look like uh, the the thing from Harry Potter, like the, the horses that you can't see unless you see it, but it looks like they're just driving by well, themselves. No, that, that, there's always this fun question at every sleepover. If you could go you back. You sleepovers? Um, well, I was going to ask if you're not busy I thought tonight. You <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I like to cuddle, Neil. Big spoon or little spoon, like, daddy? How old are you? What is your um, <laughs> This guy, huh? Did mommy warm your milk for you when you sleep over? Well, yeah. yeah, she did. Single mother. She did a lot for me, actually. <laughs> um, okay, but uh, the age-old question is, if you could go back in time, you have Wi-Fi somehow, and you have a smartphone, how long would it take you to maybe take over civilization? Or do you think they'd just maybe murder you for thinking you're doing magic? If I carry what I know today back in time, you could easily take over the world. And do you think you first you just know what the markets did, That's and then true. you just play the markets? You can't do it too much because the fact that you do it interferes with the outcome. So it's a kind of an observer effect thing. So, but uh, I would I, within a few months I could just become the richest person in the world, and then I know what people's motives are. Um, and I just wonder how fast you could speed up society. Just you individually. You go oh, back with all your knowledge. Oh. And it's, it's like, could you get, okay, you go back to 1900. No, and, you can't. I'll tell you why. Why? You, you can't just speed it up. Because a lot of bits and pieces have to come together. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they're brought together by innovative, imaginative people. So the smartphone, for example, was not a discovery under a rock. <laughs> Apple developed hardly anything that's in the smartphone other than the smartphone itself. Yeah. Right? We had the chips to carry music. They did the iPod. You remember, I don't know if you're old enough to remember the iPod. It's just a little thing. And uh, and Steve Jobs said, why can't we put the iPod inside a telephone and then put hand plugs? And how can we track you? Oh, well, the U.S. military, Air Force, they launched GPS satellites. And under the Clinton administration, it split so that some of it could be used for commerce. Let's put a GPS detector inside your phone. And and initially, people said, why would you want to do that? It's just a phone. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wait a minute. Let's put a camera inside the phone. Why do I want to put a camera? I want it. And so the the res- people who resist it are not thinking of how of the utility it could be if it's all sitting in your pocket and it's not some huge device. Point is, Apple did not invent GPS. They did not invent digital uh, storage, uh, uh, solid state storage. Yeah. They did not invent touchscreens. Touchscreens were invented at the Library of Congress by a grant by someone who wanted people to be able to tour the place, okay, without having to print paper, without having to have doing, and so they had these screens, and you could touch the screen and navigate maps of the Library of Congress for tourists, okay? So this was a grant from a government grant to to do this innovative thing. It took off. Touchscreen, we take that for granted. Yeah, and, no, big time. Uh, do you remember uh, Star Trek Four: Save the Whales? You mustn't remember that one. Oh, I, I, I mean, um, the movie I Star Trek Four. Yeah, they still have the old crew. Okay, yeah, yeah. there's a scene. He, they go back in time to 1986, whatever. It was contemporary with when the movie was made. Yeah, and they have to carry a whale from the, that present into their future because otherwise, because <laughs> the, the whales are smart and they're running things in the future. Point is, they <laughs> have to then put a whale and they want to create transparent aluminum, which is strong enough to hold a whale in a tank, but transparent so that they can see the whale. And transparent, that's a weird thing. I don't know what that is, yeah. but it exists in the future. So he said, do you ha-, so Scotty says, do you have a computer? And they show him like a Macintosh, it's 1986 generation Mac. And, and he goes up to it and says, Computer, he's still talking <laughs> to the computer. <laughs> and they're all looking at him. It's like, no. And then they hand him a mouse. Okay. Uh huh. And then he picks up the mouse and goes, Computer speaks into the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just you forget yeah. how much we just take for granted today. I, I, I kind of want to, th- that makes me think about how even my mom was like, I don't need a cell phone because it's, I don't need something constantly on me. I, people need to get a hold of me all the time. What are some things I say in current day that people are being apprehensive about that maybe in five to 10 years, it's just like, oh yeah, we're all using it just like this, the smartphone. Um, self-driving electric cars. Oh, I, I, yeah. I predict that in 30 years so that I can be embarrassed by yeah. In 2050, you can look back at what I say and say, oh, that idiot didn't know what he was oh, talking that's, about. Oh, trust so, me, I'm waiting for that day. <laughs> okay, so I totally was joining the prediction uh, parade uh-huh. uh, as I sort of poke fun at the really bad predictions. I said I shouldn't poke fun at other people unless I put my own predictions Exactly. At risk. But one of them I, I feel pretty sure about, that by 2015, essentially all cars will be electric self-driving because... Look how quickly we went from horses to cars. Mm-hmm. That was 15 years, at most 20 years. Yeah. In the cities, I think it a little, took a little longer in the suburbs. Tractors had to, f- had to figure out how to do tractors. But 
um, so 15 years. So we already have cars. Uh-huh. Now they just be self-driving. So that's a smaller lift yeah. for your acceptance than going from a car to a horse, first of all. Second, you don't keep your car for 30 years or 20 years, at most 10 years. Mm-hmm. It is the natural thing to get swapped out for whatever is new. Yeah. Given the natural life expectancy of what the technology is. It's the second point. Third point, self-driving cars. They could go 100 miles an hour at one car distance from each other and never get in an accident yeah. because they're never texting or they could text, but it won't matter because yeah. they're computers. Okay, <laughs> yeah. They can text and drive without a problem. But they want to switch lanes. They tell the other cars, I'm switching lanes. Yeah, they're all communicating. They're all with communicating. Each other. And they have instant reflexes. Yeah. All right. And they're not putting on makeup or, or adjusting the, the dial or whatever that you'd otherwise be doing we'll to distract your own car. you. <laughs> okay. Mine's got an attitude. <laughs> okay. So you don't have these challenges. And, and so it can travel very high speeds at a denser pact. So uh, commutes would be a fraction of the time that they currently are. And you don't have to own the car. Yeah. The car would just be available because the car is the least used, most expensive asset we own. You drive it to work and you drive it home and maybe you drive it somewhere in the weekends. Take that total hours and divide it by the 168 hours in the week. You're using the car for like 10% of your life. Yeah. Wow. And it costs you $40,000 and it's yeah. just sitting there. Yeah. There are days we don't even drive our cars. Well, you know? Exactly. And it's a $40,000 thing. Well, yeah. whatever you paid for your car, 20000 Yeah, And well, so- Yeah, we're not rich like you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so point is, you say, oh, I'm going to work and I'm going to leave in 20 minutes. A car shows up. Yeah. And it, and it drives 100 miles an hour to work. And you get out and the car goes, pick somebody else up. Okay. This, I think the, the first real description uh, or- telling of that was was it irobot where they really just nailed i mean everybody's going 152 miles 200 miles an hour yeah and I, then he's like i want to go automatic and it almost wouldn't let him yeah it's they like, were this like is the most dangerous sure? thing you yeah. could do right right now. you can't do that you're not you're not yeah. able to do that so that that was a hint of that but by the way in irobot we keep thinking of robots as humanoid forms but yeah. A robot is anything that does something automatically. So, for example, <laughs> like like Jared and treating women. Now. Shut <laughs> up. No. So, for example, the Hubble telescope, the James Webb telescope, those are robots. Yeah. We control yeah. them from a distance, and they can do some things automatically. A robot doesn't have to look human. Well, like the human form is one of the least useful forms <laughs> you could possibly have. So, what do you think of Elon and his humanoid robot? Right, I'm not authorized to comment further. Okay. No. no, no. <laughs> I'm saying there's the urge to make a humanoid robot with expressions and feelings and things. And I'm just saying, I just, want, I just want a perfect cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. And by the way, just remember, the robot doesn't have to do everything. There are people imagining, if you look at old sci-fi, the robot would then drive your car. No, the car is the robot. Yeah. What are you doing? People yeah. are like expecting... Just because I feel like this, uh, you know, sci-fi movies and stuff have like had such an effect on us, they're expecting just like a robot butler, you know? Right. Like, could, could you pull up the video really quick of um, Elon and his humanoid robot that he's going to launch? But he purposely made it look like a human. I think just because he wanted to. Is it in the uncanny zone? No, no, definitely not. You can definitely tell it's a robot. No, no, the no. The uncanny zone is. Uh, did I say it right? The uncanny valley. In the uncanny valley. Do you know about the uncanny valley? I'm, I've I, I'm heard about of it. to. Okay, the uncanny valley is you make something that is 
so real that much of you wants to think it's real, but then there's the rest of you that knows it's not. And it just completely creeps you out. Well, I think that's the question. Um, I right, right. So if it's just a ro- if it's an ordinary robot yeah. that's not trying to be flesh and blood, then that's cool. And if it's exactly human, then it's human, all right, for all intents and purposes. But if it's not quite all the way there, it's the uncanny valley. Well, no, I saw it might have been a TikTok asking the question of if you could be put into a VR universe where it feels completely like it completely real, but it's void of any um, unpleasantries and everything is pleasant and everything is good and everything you could ever possibly want is there tactilely, visually. It feels like you're there. Would you go into that world, but the whole time knowing it's technically not a real world, but it feels real? Well, would you ever be able to come back? I don't think, I think the choice is stay in there forever. Don't go in at all. Okay, so here's the problem. Okay, there's a Twilight Zone episode on that. There was a, a career criminal, all right, and they finally caught up with him. They shoot him, and he shows up in this place, okay? And, he, and he's a criminal. He's a gambler, you know, thief, yeah, bank robber, life. everything, okay? Yeah. And he's there, and he's greeted by, so he said, welcome, welcome. This is your new place. And he said, where am I? Oh, we'll get to that later. Uh, uh, how can I help you? Do you need to do anything? Um, yeah, yeah, I like to gamble. He said, come on in. And there's a whole casino there. And, yeah, I like dames. This is the 1960s, so you, yeah. dames. We're the dames, right? <laughs> yeah. And so there are these beautiful women that are like come around like you see in old Vegas movies. And he starts gambling, and he's winning every time, okay? Uh-huh. And all the women want him. And he says, no, I don't like this. Uh, is there a bank I can rob? Oh, yes, we can schedule that for you. There's a, there's, a tr- there's a delivery thing. Here's some guns and go rob the bank. And he robs the bank and he has all this money. And he says, wow, what, it, I, you know, I, what is this? Place? I hate it here. This is, why is everything, everything I want? What, what is it? And he says, <laughs> and he says to his host, because he's, he's losing his mind. Yeah. He's losing his mind. And he says, um, uh, guy, I, I hate it here. Send me to the other place. Oh, okay. And he says, this is the other place. <laughs> uh, that is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it was holy shit. No, I, uh, I think eventually, why couldn't you, wait a hundred years from now, you're, you're, you could torture people by putting them into a VR world. And- I think the existence of sadness gives meaning to happiness. Okay, what punk rock band are you in? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, okay. But think about it. You, it's the measure of things that matters. Of course. Back East, we really appreciate our spring and summer because we're emerging from a winter where there's snow and, and here, I look outside, I'm visiting for a week here in LA and I say, oh, it's a beautiful day. None of you all even make that observation of the day because it's just like most other days of the year. Yeah. You have lost the capacity to appreciate that. No, we got it dialed in, Mr. Tyson. We, <laughs> I don't, I don't we know, figured it out. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's definitely a thing. I, I said to someone, oh, by the way, how's the weather been? I said, oh, it, it rained a few days ago. It's like, what? Is that your, is that your complaint? Oh, like, it rained once in like six years, right. and we're just going through it. Right, right, right. So... Uh, I think 
Can I give a, 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 an even deeper sense of this? And it has to do with longevity. Yes. And the sadness when people die. Okay. If I had the option to live forever, because that's in that same mm -hmm. mindset. Yeah. I want to live forever. Think about it mathematically. If you know you're going to die, and, and you, in, in prisoner style, you count out the days. You put an X. Every day you live, you're one day closer to death. Yeah. That's a highly motivating force operating on your life. If there are things you want to do, if you knew what day you were going to die, you're going to do it. Yeah. What, that's the whole meaning of a bucket list, okay? So I claim that if the knowledge of death gives meaning to life, okay. then to live forever is to live a life without meaning at all. <laughs> that's it, Jerry. Oh. We're dying. We're dying. <laughs> Tomorrow. We've decided we're dying. <laughs> um. And think about it. Think about it. When you give flowers to a loved one, does anyone still do that? I mean, florists still exist, okay? Yeah. Uh, you get some beautiful flowers that smell nice and you present them and they're almost always appreciated. And you find the vase and you and you'd snip the bottoms and you, and you monitor them throughout their term, okay? They might last a week right through their senescence as the, the, the bulb dro droops down and then there's the point you have to discard them. Okay. Your loved one could have brought you plastic flowers. Okay. Even silk flowers. Yeah. But if you receive them, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm betting they would mean less to you. No, 100%. Th than if they were fresh flowers. But the silk flowers will live forever. Don't you want that? Don't you want forever flowers? You just have to dust them off every few weeks. Well, the forever flowers require no care and feeding. They, they don't have a smell. They, they, they live forever, yet curiously deliver hardly any pleasure to you, unless they're a prop in a movie set. And even then, you're expected to think they're real. Yeah. So how many times have you walked by flowers in a hotel and just checked them to see if they're real? I always real? care if they're real. <laughs> I do. I almost, I, almost, no, I do. I'm, is it real? Because if it's real, it means they care on yeah. a level beyond just putting up fake flowers. Point is, the meaning the flowers grant you comes from your knowledge that they will die. Has that helped your existential crisis of being no, scared that, of death? Can I add one more? That, that just gave you me. can have as many just, as you want. Just to add another, <laughs> you're sleeping over. Nail to that's right. We are yeah. only if I have more milk at the end. <laughs> only put another nail in that coffin i i don't i can't speak for cat owners but those who own dogs you know oh. that every time you come back from wherever you went the dog is happy and it's jumpy and it wants to lick you in the face even if you just went to get mail from the mailbox yeah they delight in your return if you want to take them out for a car ride they are the first in the car <laughs> They jump in. They don't care where it's going, but they're going somewhere. Yeah. They're some of the most joyous creatures that live among us. And no, I'm not a dog psychologist, <laughs> but let me offer a possible, a plausible account of this. Okay. Uh, dogs don't live as long as we do. An old dog is like 14. Fact check that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that dog is old. Yeah. And then they die. 
we live to 90 if we're, you know, eat well and wear a seatbelt. So <laughs> you, you, you divide the two, you get a, basically a factor of seven, okay? Yeah. So this is the, where the seven dog years formula comes from. Gotcha. Okay? Uh, so if a dog is three, oh, they're 21 in dog years. This is what we say. Yeah. All right. So how authentic is that, you can ask? It's a convenience, but is there any deeper meaning to it? And I think there is. Okay. It means every single day a dog lives is equivalent to a week of your life. Oh, wow. That's a seven to one ratio. <laughs> Poor yeah. handsome. So if they, if, if, if they only get one day for every week you're alive, they make every day count. Now, of course, they're not doing I'm the math. I got to take my dog for a walk. But I'm just suggesting that their lives have already factored in their mortality. So, so, so when I look at a dog, I use that as a, as a reminder of how I should live every day of my life. Because I get to live seven times as long as the dog. I want to go hug my dog. I know, seriously. Like, I want to go get him. I want to hug him for a day so it feels like a week for him. Yes, uh, thank you. There it is. I, that's, the, that's a cosmic perspective. That's it. He's getting peanut butter today. It's <laughs> <laughs> a week full of peanut butter. First of all, thank you for letting us cry there. Um, one thing I did want to ask. And don't put the peanut butter on the roof of its mouth. That's just too that's weird. Just, <laughs> just put it on a plate and it'll lick the plate so it's on its tongue rather than Jared puts else. it in other places. Shut up. <laughs> But I did want to talk about uh, a Black Mirror episode where you lo you lose a loved one, but they have such an online presence that they can almost create an AI of the way they think, and you can talk to them again. Um, Didn't they create an actual whole other person that yeah, occupies yeah. the 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 spirit energy I kinda of that person? To, I, I feel yeah. like, obviously we're heading down that track of where yeah. you can download the consciousness of someone else, but it's still artificial, but it knows enough about them to respond yeah. in a similar way. Uh -huh. what, what is kind of um, your moral um, stance on, on that? I don't have stances. I'm not here to tell people, to, to impart upon people my own feelings or my own opinions. Oh, I'm an educator. He's a politician. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm an educator. Yeah. So what I would do is I would say, whatever your opinion is, have you thought about it this way or that way? Okay. Uh, here's something that you might not have considered. And then go off and make make your own opinion, but let it be perhaps more informed now than it was before. Yeah. So, uh, so it's not what do I, my stance on it. I can offer some views. Yeah. What's your view? If I, I, but that doesn't mean I don't have opinions. I just don't give a rat's ass if you share my opinion. Unlike <laughs> everyone else on social media, where if you dare put out an opinion, you get attacked for it being different from that of others. Exactly. And that's a really precarious state for civilization to be in because it means there are forces that want all opinions to align. And we have examples of that in the history of civilization. They're called dictatorships. Yeah. At some point, you gotta pause and then reflect on the value of plurality in our society. The value of the fact that someone has a different view than you. That's actually a beautiful thing yeah. that we should protect. There's a, you have a good quote in here. Oh, here that, that's it, about it, that. You better know we read this. Let him know. Talking. Oh, he's showing off that he that he read the quote. But uh, I didn't. Fit, did I answer your question? Um, about? My question is uh, not to get morbid. If say your oh, oh you no know, the Black Mirror episode. Yeah, say so, your wife passed away. Would you? So here's the thing. Um, generally, if it's a loved one, you mourn them, and I would say I, I'm on the fence about this because. 
what, mourning, I think, has psychological value. You have to dig out of it. Mm -hmm. We've known that for a while, all right? There are some cultures where you wear black for a period of time to show everyone else that you're in mourning and don't try to, you know, um, pick them up on a date. Yeah. Yet, okay. Give yeah, give yeah. this refractory period. So so mourning, I think, has value, and it also enables you to appreciate what you've lost in a whole other way. And what you don't want is to regret having not said things in life that you thought only in death, which could have then further improved or enhanced the relationship. Mm -hmm. So that one, you know, maybe therapy helps you live in the moment rather than in a memory. Yeah. Uh, I would say there are other people out there. There are other things to do. There are other people with whole other portfolios of, of uh, interests. Yeah. So why not use it as an occasion to continue to live rather than to hold on to the past, which might be a... Uh, restrict you from continuing to enter the future, which is unfolding in front of you every moment of your life. Consider that we are, you can move forward and back and left and right and up and down. You can repeat that at will. We have full mobility in space, but not in time. We are prisoners of the present, forever transitioning from our inaccessible past to our unknowable future. And entering the unknowable future, I think is one of the great joys of what it is to be alive. So, which means the more you clutch the past, the less capable you will be of moving forward in the future, which is gonna come your way whether you like it or not. Yeah, I think that's also, a, a, it's one of, the biggest side effects of depression is constantly being in the past and, and not focusing on the present or the future. So I think that's interesting the way that you put it and also that there's a, you know, medical backside to, to kind of mental health. When it yeah. Comes it's a mental that. health dimension yeah. of that too. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's the quote you were digging up? You said, Oh, well you said, uh, going back to the social media, people wanting think uh, all opinions to align. You say differences in opinions enrich the diversity of a nation. Which yes. I, that, that line stuck with me because People think that like, um, you know, we all want this like utopian society where everyone gets along and everything's like sunshine and rainbows um, where, but in that people think that everything has to be uniform. Everything has to be the same. And that's, that's a flaw in yeah. the modern way of thinking. When I grew up, not that everything was great when I grew up. I mean, there was racism, rampant sexism. I mean, there was a, a wars, uh, cold war, hot war. So I'm not saying things were great. But what I will say is, you could be in a room and ask someone, well, who are you voting for? Yeah. And they might say the other candidate. And you say, oh, that's interesting. I'm voting for, for the, this person. And then you have a brief conversation. Oh, what do you like about them? Oh, I like that they this and they want to invest in the parks or this or they like business interests. Oh, I like the fact that my candidate. And it's just a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. think, imagine that. And then, oh, let's go have a beer. <laughs> now you got to fight about it. So, so, so my, my, so my, I don't know who reads books anymore. It's a book. It's an audio. If you get stuck in traffic, it's audio books. <laughs> okay. I did the math on, you could get through this book in like 
three days of LA traffic. Okay, the whole audio book. I, I I narrated it. I know. Okay, three <laughs> days of audio. That's all you listen to in your own car. You're no, like, no. Ah, <laughs> I love me. Uh, <laughs> what was I saying about the? Uh, oh, so with the you go out and have a have a beer. And it's just a matter of, and in a democracy, the majority gets the thing. And that's just how it was. The, the tribalization that currently exists is on a level where I think people need a reality check on the strength of their opinions. Mm -hmm. And so this book is all about that. It's a reality check on things you thought you knew and thought through, yeah. but maybe you didn't. And so my hope is, if you're a reader at all, if you get the book at all, I'm not here to make you buy the book. Yes, if you, you are. If, no, if, if you get it at all, read it before Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a good call. No, because I think one of the most beautiful things in the book is, is talking about the astronauts looking from the moon on Earth and then realizing that every opinion, every, you know, um, every everything that's so trivial about this world, especially in politics and everybody flip-flopping and the hatred between what your party is, and on a cosmic level, it's it's like, why are we not just advancing as a species? Yeah, you said it almost right. It's not that everything that's trivial in this world when seen from above. The point is, you don't know it's trivial until you see until it from see above. It. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right? You think it's everything that matters. It's like, what? You voted for Trump? You idiot. How could you possibly? And, and here's an interesting fact. Again, I'm an educator here. I have never mentioned Trump in any social media posting ever. Oh, we better okay. click this, huh? No, 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 no. No, the reason is in the in the in the in the what in the uh, 2020 election, what was the number? 80 something million people voted for him. More people voted for Trump in that election than anyone had ever voted for anyone else in the history of the country, except for that same election for Joe Biden. And so you can say, Trump is an idiot, and he's a this, and he's a that. Get him out of there. But wait a minute. There's still the matter of the 80 million people who voted for him. You can't just swap leaders and believe that is the solution to your problems. Yeah. As an educator, I just look back, and I say, well, how are you thinking? And what, is your, what, what are you basing the opinion on? Uh, is it rational? Is it consistent with other ways you think? That's all I try to do here. It just feels like it's... It's a spinning wheel of the next person in power, half the country's mad, then the next one, half the country's mad. Yeah, yeah you know, everybody's just mad at whoever's in power. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I kind of- Oh, by the way, just a quick one. Uh, do you realize one of the closest elections in the history of the country was President Kennedy running against Nixon, uh, uh, Senator Kennedy running against uh, Richard Nixon. Oh, wow, in really? In 1960. One of the closest elections ever. But we look back and say, oh, Ken in, in popular vote. But Kennedy was a, you know, no, Nixon almost won. But no one was thinking, oh, I hate the country because my guy didn't get in. It just wasn't how people uh, interacted with information and politics Why at the time. Why do you think social media has changed that for people? Because like you have a weird view and you type that weird view out uh -huh. there, and you'll find every other person who has that weird view, and you become a club. Okay. You, be, you become an association. Before then, you wouldn't even know they existed. You're just the weird kid on the block, okay? <laughs> uh -huh. And so your crazy ideas did not gain currency in your own head. You knew that you were weird. Now you find thousands of other people who think just like you that Earth is flat, 
must be something to it. And anyone else who disagrees, there's something wrong with them. Uh huh. We lose the reality check on our sanity. We're, we're in the era now of, of mainstream niches. Or um, yeah. it's because everything can be mainstream because there's enough people to really care about that that pocket of information where it's it's the well, there's, there's always been th those people out there they but just they, never found yeah, each they other. yeah there's each enough other. communication now right yeah exactly yeah so I think at some level that's got to be a good thing at some level yeah there's definitely like a sweet spot you know yeah, like, yeah, thank you I don't know what where that is we haven't we're still in our infancy maybe our adolescence it's not Twitter with, with regard <laughs> it's <laughs> not Twitter pool that is Twitter uh, so I hope TikTok doesn't devolve uh, in this way. It's still a fun distraction exactly. on, on your life. It, it is life. the app that feels the more the most communicative. Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's algorithm based. It's like oh, or just people having fun and exactly. they want to share their fun with you. And it's not even a FOMO thing, right? No. They're not saying here I am in a place you'll never be. No, somebody did something in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. All right, and it's 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 fun. So it's I'm, I'm active on TikTok. I don't know if you know. No, it's. Uh, I, got, I got a couple of TikToks out there. It, it, yeah. Oh, I I watched them this morning before oh. you came up. <laughs> you think I'm not well versed? Uh, I am really interested in the technology questions of do you is do you have an opinion that there's some technologies because there's a lot of this in sci-fi that a lot of technologies are being kept from us just because as a human race we're not ready for them yet or do you think oh no everything's so commercialized if something's so good it'd already be out there because they want to make money for the masses I'm not authorized to comment. <laughs> I, I know you're authorized oh. <laughs> I'll get your wife on the phone and make her make you tell people think that especially the government has all these secret things and their secret capabilities. Have you ever worked for the government? <laughs> <laughs> I try not the to. The level of incompetence <laughs> and the inability of anything to remain a secret that has any tasty elements to it at all is near zero. I, th I think about that with the moon landing. A lot of people are like, oh, it's fake. I was like, wouldn't it? That would have leaked a long time ago. Okay, yeah. So you'd have to fake not only all the imagery in the 1960s, okay? Yeah. No green screens yet. They weren't invented yet. Uh, but you'd have to fake the, ten, the, the, the millions of pages of engineering diagrams for the Saturn V rocket, the warehouses in which they were stored. But here's, here's the best that I heard about this. Okay, ready? Um. The government goes to Neil Armstrong and said, Neil, um, we don't know how to get you to the moon, but we have to pretend we did. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> to, so the Russians think that we can do this. So what are you going to do? We're going to get some Hollywood people and we're going to stage it. And they, and they check with Buzz Aldrin and Buzz Aldrin agrees. So they try to set up the lunar landscape and it's really hard. And Hollywood says... This, this isn't working. Here, in order to fake it, what we'll do is we'll shoot it on location. <laughs> <laughs> and there it was. That's there it was. Funny. They faked the moon landing on location. I love that. <laughs> okay, there it is. Um, but you know what it is for those who deny it? It, it? it means technology is so advanced that they're in denial of what it can do. That's an okay. interesting, I'm gonna yeah, take the opposite tack here and say, what a compliment that is yeah. to technology that you don't even believe it, that you're in denial of it and you're living among us. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Living among the technology. Among the, and it's kind of cool. 
That's really fascinating um, to think about. Before my lifetime is up, I know you know a lot of science people, and that's the correct term. We got to- Scientists? Yeah. Yeah, science right. people. We need, we, need, <laughs> we, need, we really just need teleportation, because I'm- Oh, you know how- Oh, 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 oh. We got it? We, we got already it. got it? Oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> teleportation? I cannot begin to tell you how game-changing that would be. Oh, I've, I'm, okay? I'm on board. But, but it's not teleportation you're after. Yes, it is. No, I'll tell you why not. <laughs> I'll tell you why not. Okay. Okay? You think it's teleportation because they do that in the movies. I love movies. What you really want is the power to open a wormhole anytime in any place. Yes. Okay? So, <laughs> yes. for example, on Star Trek, they go into the transporters and they beam somewhere. Yeah. If they had Rick's power of portal, they just open a portal, step through, and you are where you need to be. You're not teleported. Yeah. You just step through a wormhole. Those are wormholes, by the way. These these portals that the green the, the green yeah. thing and the sparkly they're basically wormholes. So, wait a minute. I, I, I tell you this. I was in Charlotte Airport, North Carolina, and I had to go from a big plane to a little plane. And that it, I, and I, my luggage I forgot why it didn't have wheels. It was like carry on, but not so big that it had wheels. It was like <laughs> small carry, and I had to lug this i swear i walked like three miles it might have just been like a mile to go to the small plane and i get to the small plane and this is early twitter when it was not yet a cesspool and i said let me be clever and geeky at the same time on twitter so i tweeted and i said i can't wait to the future when we have wormholes at that point all gates will be adjacent to one another i said yeah I just geeked that one, okay? Yeah, that, yeah. Okay. Now, however geeky you are, there's always someone geekier than you. Okay. Just let that be. Just putting that a, out a, there. Like, just putting it out there. I've got a back tattoo of that. A rule of the universe. <laughs> Lower back, just check. Um, I'll well, see I'll you show, tonight at the Yeah, I'll over, show you yeah. later. Okay. So, <laughs> Next to the warm milk. <laughs> so someone tweets back and said, Dr. Tyson, the day we have wormholes, you won't need airports. <laughs> Oh, you just got out geek. Oh, that was Geek Squad. That was they, they oh, up on you. I oh oh my gosh. And there it is. I so just think about it. The day you can do that, there are no airports. Yeah, there are no roads. There, it's no transportation. You don't need your twelve lane four hundred five freeway. Yeah. Okay. It's out. I'm pulling out my Ford stock <laughs> because wherever you are, you just walk through the portal, and you're there. Exactly. Imagine the back of your refrigerator connected to the grocer. Well, just, oh, wow. no. The I, grocer peaks, oh, you're low on milk. They swap out, put in a new milk. And you, you just have a standing order for supplies. No, one, It would get rid of trucks. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, pollution, the gaso gasoline. You have to hang out with people you don't want to so much more often because there's I, no excuses. Oh, just walk. Oh, my oh, car just, broke down. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Can, can you come tire. over for dinner? Not from the city. You can't say your car broke down. Oh, that's yeah, true. it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah I, so well, just think of the future of teleportation. Uh, that's a game changer. Look how much real estate would be given back to people when you give up the total acreage of freeways. Yeah. That, that, uh, spaghetti through Los Angeles as the prime example of this. Do you no. think, can we at least have, are we at least 0.001% there for teleportation? No. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, well, wormholes are unstable. 
okay, and you well, need sort of negative matter. So are to my open exes, but we figured it out. <laughs> yeah, we... Not everything in the movie is real. Okay, just, fine. Well, I saw an interesting video basically explaining what you just explained, how there would be no more roads, no more trucks, no more need for all this. Um, and they were talking about how you have to technology like that, that is so revolutionary. You have to like gradually, um, you know, implement it into society. So it starts off maybe like it's only for governmental use. And then they're like, okay, now we can go commercial with it, but it's extremely expensive, you know? And so only like the 0.1% have it. And then slowly, but surely it gets implemented into society until, um, so that, our economies have time to adjust to it. Cause like if they just came out with it tomorrow, it would collapse, you know, the, the automotive industry, hotels and travel and stuff like that. Yeah. So you're right. However, um, it's not they, that they would do that on purpose. It's just the natural evolution of a new technology. Okay. The new technology, does it work in every case? Let's test it. In yeah. some, so for example, the self-driving car, electric car, how, how does that, how do, how does you transition? Well, we already have, uh, um, the express lanes or HOV lanes, whatever they call them here, where you have extra people yeah. in the car, you yeah. get access. You already have those lanes. Make those just self-driving car lanes. And I think that's, you, that's be how the you would step. start there. Yeah. And there I am stuck in traffic and these go, they're whizzing by at hundred miles an hour. My next car is going to be that car so I can get in that lane. So, so it, it, so that it grows organically to borrow the term. Yeah. Um, it did, it's rare that it would just happen overnight, just in practice. Yeah. And the fact that it's expensive and then maybe it gets less expensive later, that's a natural arc of technology. I'm old enough to remember seeing the movie Wall Street, the original one with Michael Douglas and... Um, <laughs> Jerry, could you look that uh, up? Charlie Sheen, Michael Douglas, and Charlie Sheen. Thank you, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Sheen. I just Sheen. watched that last night. 1987. Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't, okay. who doesn't so remember? So I that? remember watching Gecko at his fancy beach house in the Hamptons, talking to Buddy, who is uh, um, Charlie Sheen's character, on a shoulder mounted cell phone. Wow, shoulder mounted. Okay, it was, mounted. Okay, it was shoulder mounted, and he's walking the beach with no wires, and I thought to myself, wow, <laughs> I wish I were that rich so I can use that phone. I remembered thinking that. You could probably buy it now. But here's, here's <laughs> so the point is, any new technology is going to be expensive, and it's not going to work very well, and only rich people will have it. Yeah. Over time, it becomes commoditized. They don't make money selling it only to 30 billionaires. They make money selling it to everyone. Yeah. Flat panel TVs, when they came out, were $10,000. Now they're an impulse item at, at Kmart, okay? <laughs> oh, it's 60 inch, let's just get your friend come and it's $600 or whatever they're costing. Yeah. So nobody today doesn't have a flat panel TV, even poor people. Okay. Yeah. It's full color, Good, everything. Goodwill doesn't even take like plasma or right, uh, right, right exactly. projection TVs it, anymore. It, as an, for example. So there is a natural arc where it becomes cheaper, smaller, faster, better. And by the time it's ready for the masses, oh, no. it's, it's a perfected technology. Okay. So what do you think of Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook and Meta going full into VR, AR, the, the metaverse? What's your opinion on kind of them taking... Uh, first big swing as a giant company. So I have opinions, okay, but I don't, I don't need to impart them on others. By the way, let me benchmark my opinions. I'm old enough to remember Star Trek in first run. 
Okay. <laughs> and I was all in on everything. Photon torpedoes, uh, transporters. Yep. 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 All in. I'm all in. But wait a minute. A door can't possibly know to open just by you walking up to it. <laughs> no, that'll never happen ever. <laughs> that's what that's what stopped you in that's your tracks. What's that that was the least believable part to me. This whole show's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Kmart humbled you again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what they would ultimately have are, are step pads that would connect a circuit. And then it would open a door. Yeah. Because we didn't know how to beam infrared off of you yet, right? <laughs> so so that was fun. I used to play with those as a kid. Um, you know, they in grocery stores, because sometimes you're holding bags, you can't physically pull open the door. Yeah. So so but I remember thinking that would never happen. So don't trust my prognostications <laughs> I'm here. I'm going to regardless, but thank okay. <laughs> so the headsets. Okay. The VR headsets. Yes. Why doesn't everyone have one now? They've been around for decades and they've been slowly improving, but everyone doesn't have one. Like, why not? Um, there was a day when movies were in 3D. How come every movie is not made in 3D today? Because it sucks and it <laughs> gives me a headache. Oh, whoa, whoa, okay, I'm getting so, so, okay. so. Okay, he's laying out the breadcrumbs. Okay, thank you. I'm putting out the, the, the case. Yeah. Uh, go back to the 1950s. I think, I don't think this is just legend that there was something called smell of vision. Oh, yeah. Where oh, yeah. there's to be a back. smell in the movie and they'd pump out a smell in the arm. How come all movies aren't smell of vision? That's a great question. Okay, we, we have holographic projections. How come all movies are not holograms and you walk among the characters? Why is that not the case? So, I, my sense is, when a technology is obviously something everybody has to have, it doesn't take all that long for everyone to have it. There's six billion smartphones in the world. Yeah. Oh, by the way, VR is fun, and AR is great. Uh, no, you know, the Pokemon chasing the characters in one location <laughs> and not another, I'm all in. But is it going to take over the entire community of computer of gaming? I don't know. I'm skeptical only because I've seen other attempts at brand new technologies. That you know, they had 3D TVs. I, I yeah, I, I, okay, I, I, I bought a 3D that. TV in 2011, and I have the 3D goggles. I never use them. <laughs> never use them. Because not all shows are made in 3D, and only some shows are, and you have to sit in a place and and. And I'm f just fine without the 3D. So I don't know where it's going. Maybe there's got to be some breakthrough in it. But I also know, and just to get a little uh, inside baseball here, I work professionally at a museum. I'm director of the Hayden Planetarium. Yeah. It's a planetarium. We have our seating in a circle. But at the time we renovated, people said, oh, the trend is everyone's facing one direction. Because that way you can program the show better. Everyone's looking in one spot rather than where am I, where is the, yeah. okay? All right. I heard that. But then I realized, wait a minute. If you're in a circle, it's kind of like you're around a campfire. Yeah. There's something communal about it, something participatory. The moment you spread that out and look only in one direction, you're in a movie theater at that point. And in a movie theater, while you can hear other people, you're actually only experiencing it for yourself, VR goggles, you don't know who's standing next to you. Oh, the, the virtue is you can interact with someone a thousand miles away. Yeah. I had a VR 
conversation with Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. 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 But it was a little. Uh, All right. That's what you said. No, no. So it's not not too long. A few weeks ago, and there's a point where we extend our hands to shake. It was a little weird because I I don't feel flesh on my hand. Yeah. It's virtual reality, not reality. Right. Yeah. There's not some some human hand coming in. So it was a little weird, but we did get to share a common video experience with it. So my sense of it is all of these new technologies will find their niche markets and they won't go away. They'll be sustained in those niche markets. And, but I don't see them taking over everybody because when I go to a sporting event, I want to, I want to feel you next to your, your, I went to the event with you. Yeah. I don't want to turn focus somewhere else. Yeah. The, the communality of human to human interaction has great value for those who are social. Now, if you're on the spectrum, maybe you don't care, okay? Is, is Mark on the spectrum a little bit? And we know Elon is a little bit. But if you are, then the, the idea that a human being next to you has no value, less value to you than just a virtual experience, that is completely understandable. But yeah. then it's not for everyone. So that's my perspective on this. Yeah, so yeah. almost like for you know something like VR to take off or like become more accepted by like society and stuff, it would have to have like a smartphone like has a very, has a lot of utility uses yes. for it, right? Whereas like a VR headset, it's just kind of like more of like a, like a fun thing, like a gag kind of thing Yeah, it's a thing fun to thing. Do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I have no denying that. I've been in a lot of VR uh, experiences where, and you're there, right? And, and it affects you neurochemically, yeah. right? Or, or neur neurophysiologically. Oh, I'm on a ledge. I better yeah. like, lean over. Or you're on a roller coaster and you feel it in your gonads, right? All of the, <laughs> you know, all the things. And that's, it's, it does what I think they're in, intended to do. But it's not obvious to me that simply boosting the resolution is going to be all that matters. They even have the VR uh, cardboard that you slip your yeah, your phone your into. phone into and you you hold it up and it has the two images so that that's highly portable yeah much less expensive than the Google Glass uh, the um, uh, uh, Meta the, the Meta the Meta whatever. yeah uh, before is Meta what do they call them um, you know, the, but the Meta goggles the white oh Oculus oh, Oculus Oculus, Oculus yeah. thank you so that's that's my opinion it's not not a deep opinion but it's just I like observing the movement of technology into society and not all of it is fully embraced. And I like thinking about what reasons they are and what reasons they're not. If, uh, if like VR like that got to a point in, um, have you seen the movie Re Ready Player One? No, I've, I've resisted oh, really? that. I, I, I don't mind, on your recommendation, I don't mind jumping in on it. I mean, it's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it, but they have like haptic suits where you can like feel and touch and like you have the sensation. So like when you had that conversation with Mr. Zuckerberg, you know, like, and you go out to shake his hand. Mr. Zuckerberg? Is this? I was just being polite. You know, I just, I'm not. Listen, I'm not like you. I'm not on like a Mark first name basis. <laughs> you know, like if I. Well, you know, yeah, if but I, did you say Elon? You didn't say Mister. I didn't say Elon. He said okay, Elon. Okay, all right. Mr. Well, Musk. Elon and I are boys. He's he's, <laughs> he's coming to the sleepover tonight. Your buds, your buds. Yeah. Okay. But like you would reach out when you go for that handshake, and you would the the glove would like squeeze a little bit or oh, something. You would feel it. Okay, but then I have to like be in a place that is registering all of this and yeah. where the. The, the equipment, I mean, that's an overhead, right? There's a okay. lot. No, I don't have to don a suit to pull out my smartphone. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So whatever, the, the barrier of entry, be it financial or just physical, 
I think is another factor here. Yeah. Granted, in that movie, like that sort of universe, the economy kind of transitions into the VR world that happens. So like people have legitimate jobs and stuff. So it becomes more of a necessity to have that. It's not just like, uh, oh, if you spend a thousand dollars on this, you can put on this suit, you know, it, it yeah. has more utility mm -hmm. to it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting, you know, because then it becomes more part of your lifestyle rather than just like, uh, oh, I'm going to play a scary game on a VR headset. So, you know, it'd be in this vein, I, I'm reminded of, of Total Recall, okay. where does it matter if you're actually on the beach, you know, in Tahiti, if you can sit in a chair and they implant those memories in you? Oh. Okay. Yeah. This, if we have that much control over your neurology, mm -hmm. why not? It's be like the Matrix, right? We'll just yeah. give you this experience that you, that you think you're going through in the moment, and then it becomes part of your memory way cheaper than actually flying to Tahiti. Or some people call it LSD. Um, <laughs> um, okay, I do want to ask you, this, this is the clickbaity question. What is the percent chance that aliens have already found out about Earth and who we are? I'm not authorized to comment. You are authorized. <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson? I am not authorized to comment on it. Jared Fightum. Oh, okay. come on. No, we're talking about Jared, okay. fist, all right, all right. fist fight. Here we go. Fist fight him. Here we go. Okay. So, first of all, uh, aliens may be vastly more intelligent than we are. In fact, anyone ever portrayed in the film is clearly that because they figured out how to get here Correct. and we haven't left low earth orbit in 50 years. So <laughs> hey, they're we're clearly trying. smarter okay. and they're probably stronger than us. You have people shooting their guns at the spaceship, like, come on. All right, <laughs> so, so the question is, why would we think they would be interested in us at all? I feel like- That's it's... our ego talking. Well, I'm okay. getting, I'm getting oh, okay. that's our okay. ego Sorry. saying, we are so interesting that vastly more intelligent and technologically capable species are gonna come and want to observe us and poke our gonads. And this is the height of ego, yeah. first of all, okay? <laughs> when you walk by a worm, do you say, gee, I wonder what that worm is thinking. Oh, let me find out. No, you don't care, all right? That's my first comment. Second, I joke, only half joke, that maybe they have visited us and they just happen to land during Comic-Con. <laughs> and nobody okay. noticed. Hey, good costume. Hey, yeah. hey. And so then they go back to their home planet and say, uh, did you want to enslave them? Or No, they're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're sick okay. with Okay, <laughs> and I got another one. You know how much space junk is orbiting Earth right now from lost rocket parts and drop wrenches and this sort of thing? I've heard quite a bit. Yes, <laughs> quite a bit. And so maybe the aliens came by Earth just to visit and they saw how much trash we have orbiting our planet. And they say, we're not coming anywhere near this planet. Let's pick another one. And then they just pass on by. Oh, guys, just come okay. visit. All right. Okay. I, I, I want to like, meet the aliens too, of course. Doesn't seem like it. No, I love, I love me some you're aliens. Put, you're not it putting a good pitch out there. It is my first thought anytime I'm on a mountaintop alone, ready to use a telescope, and I'm communing with the cosmos. I, I want this to happen after I'm getting my data. And then I'm done. And I say, I want to get abducted. Just, I want a beam of light to just take me. To the <laughs> can you, I think of that every time. Do you, do you tell the wife that if you don't come home? Have I you ever used that? Home? You come home sloppy one night? It's like, no, I was beamed up. I swear. <laughs> this time I swear it happened. But you know what she would say? She would say, where's the evidence? And I have a smartphone that takes video, high resolution and images, which is kind of what I'm waiting to happen if we're actually visited by aliens.
We have crowdsourced an alien invasion by distributing high-resolution cameras and video to six billion people in the world. Well, uh, what is well, and we have no such imagery. Here's my thing, right? Do you think, like a lot of ancient cultures, depict you know these stories of like angels coming down from the sky? I smell ancient alien. Oh, I love ancient alien fan here. Yeah. But I'm sorry, like, my hair doesn't do what you guys' <laughs> hair does. Do you think like aliens came like if they if they did come? They came and visited at a time where they couldn't be documented. Okay, so here's one. I was at Stonehenge a few weeks ago. Okay. Okay. This guy just doesn't quit, a, huh? A wanderlust was, was Mark over here. there too? <laughs> <laughs> and so we got a driver to get to take us from, I was with my podcast, my Star Talk podcast crew, and we were filming and it's like Star Talk takes London kind of thing. Yeah. And then I realized we happened to be in London on the summer solstice. Okay? okay, and so that's the famous day where the sun rises over the heelstone of Stonehenge and all this. I've so, seen Avatar. So, so, <laughs> uh, so it, that works also for the day after summer solstice, but no one knows that. But I knew that. So we went. We drove there overnight. We found a driver like on short notice, and the driver is all in on Stonehenge being an alien portal. Okay, and so. I'm on camera with him. We posted this. It's Star Talk Takes <laughs> London. You can find it. It's at the end of the 20 minute video. It's 24 hours compressed into 20 minutes. And I, I have a conversation with him. I said, So what do you think? It, oh, well, it's aliens, of course. This is where you'd come, and the aliens would teleport. And I just asked him, Don't you think there'd be some technology visible other than rocks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, where is yeah. where kind of where is where and he said oh no they took that away with them they don't use it anymore okay so the anatomy of a conspiracy theorist is they already know what must be true in their own mind uh-huh and wherever there's a gap in the data they have to say it's a cover-up of course yeah okay my ex had a similar story this is the anatomy of a conspiracy theorist thoughts Whatever data do not correspond, they either discount, or if the data are missing, they say someone else has it and they don't let them know. And that enables them to connect dots they without regard to conflicting information. But it's a fun, com I'm not ridiculing him, we're just having a fun conversation, and I'm just posing questions back to him yeah, of course. about his hypothesis. Yeah. yeah. So He's basically just like, at me next time. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm, I remain unconvinced that we've been visited by aliens. We have high-resolution images of the surface of Mars, an image of a collision with a moonlit asteroid, the DART mission, to deflect it so that we know how to deflect future, future extinction-level asteroids. Uh -huh. We have images from the edge of the universe from the James Webb Space Telescope parked a million miles from Earth. Oh, and by the way, the panorama on Mars was taken by an SUV-sized rover plunked down. <laughs> let them okay, know. With, Go in, let them with, know. With, with, with an attached helicopter, we have this high-resolution imagery of all these places in the universe, and the best you have is a fuzzy monochromatic tic-tac <laughs> in a Navy airspace, restricted airspace, and you want to say those are visiting aliens? If that's the best you have, we have more work to do here. <laughs> Let them know. Let, let right. them know. Drop the mic on them. All right. I can't drop the mic here. Uh, there. <laughs> yeah. How do I do this? Um, drop the mic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, drop the mic. Yeah. All right. We pretty much dropped the mic there. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I mean, we we don't we want to be conscious of your time. Yeah, I think I, I got another thing. I think it's at 1030. What time do you have? Uh, oh, it's at 10.08, so let's get you out of here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I got yeah. Say hi to Theo yeah. Vaughn for us. I think that's where you're going that's next. That's where I'm going next. Yeah, I'm going to Theo. Oh, yeah. so jealous. Hey, tell he's, told, he's, he's so authentically himself can you, Yeah, everything he Can does. you please tell him to come on our podcast? We were trying to get him for a while, but if it comes from you, I think he'll do it on a cosmic level. <laughs> um, right, I'll tell him. Thank I'll you. Him. Thank he'd, you. He'd be a good guest here. No, he would be yeah. fantastic. Um, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks for reading the book. I don't ever expect oh, no, of course. interviewers to have read the book. No, we it's, no. A, it's, a, it's a heavy lift to do that. It was so good. And it's an easy read. For, I, I think so too. But I, I, would I say that if I didn't also write it? I don't know. But no. when I reread sections that I, I say, that was pretty breezy. Yeah, you know, and you just get through it, and there's a lot of just fun. And the the ideas. link is going to be in our description. And if you order it, um, and you stay till the end, make sure to send me a picture of your order so I can let you know that people are really loving it and reading it, and we can get your opinions over to over to Neil. And he's uh, well, we're on a first name basis now, just like Mark. <laughs> um, but uh, where can the people no, find Mr. DeGrasse to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Not at the sleepover though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, where can the people find you? Oh, I have a, my social media footprint is not hidden. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson everywhere except Twitter, back when you had to save your character lengths. Oh. So I'm Neil Tyson on Twitter. Okay. Neil deGrasse Tyson on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. And did I leave any out? Uh, either way, I'll never forgive you for Pluto. All right, guys. Oh. Thank you so <laughs> Pluto much. Pluto had it coming. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and thank you for being here. All right, this was fantastic. Guys. Thank you. Thank All you. Right. Bye. You got it.